What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Real Talk NFT, where we talk all things Web3. Super excited to have on today Kevin Connerbury, who is the global head of growth for BitCrunch and Unleash NFT. So welcome to the show, Kevin. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, glad to be here. Awesome. So for the first time, listeners don't know a little bit about you. Can you give us a little bit about your background, a little bit about your bio? Yeah, sure. So personally, uh, I've been um, structuring and scaling early stage companies uh, for over 15 years. Um, I have been um, all through uh, public and private companies. Um, Bitscrunch is actually the eighth startup that I'm involved in. Uh, prior to that, I actually took a CEO position at a small kind of flailing startup and we grew at about 11x in three years. Uh, <clears throat> and then went on into the VC side, did some investments um, with a couple other guys in the group. And then I got into Web3 actually uh, perchance, just because um, a friend of mine had invested early stage with Bitscrunch, and he said, you know, with your expertise and which with the fact that you love kind of cutting out a lot of the fat with uh, with respect to your career path and then what you've done like in, in early stage companies, I think it'd be really great to come in and actually kind of maybe provide more um, growth kind of like services and be part of that project. And so when I took a look at Bitscrunch, um, it was really great to uh, to to see that. You know, there's a company that, first of all, wants to actually make money in Web3. And uh, also, secondly, um, is really about kind of transparency and trust in, in the in the space. And I think that it's the Wild West right now. I'd say that a lot of Web3 is, is kind of, um, you know, a bit amateur hour in, in a sense where like everyone has a cool idea and a cool project. Um, but they're, they're kind of, um, you know, creating a lot of... Uh, a lot of opportunities for early stage companies in Web3 and other collectors and investors and everything to to make the best with, with the data that's available to actually, you know, kind of create a, a better future for Web3 in respect to, um, you know, just the trust and transparency section. Like this, like, like, like a part of part of, of Web3 itself. So, yeah, so I, I, I joined about eight, eight nine months ago. And uh, as a global head of growth, and so I take care of uh, our go to market strategy, uh, our partnerships and sales. Uh, ideally, um, you know, uh, in future when we start, like you know, really wrapping up on our revenue, I'll be working closer with the CEO of uh, Vijay uh, to uh, to start getting more uh, more customers on board. We do have quite a few, uh, and then I also work uh, with the community and marketing teams too, so we can spread the word about the great things we're doing. That's awesome. There's definitely. A lot of scattered data out there. You guys are, you know, gathering it all and make helping us make sense of it. Uh, with everything that you've seen, been in the industry for, you know, in, in the uh, emergency industry, at that, is there any NFT collections that caught your eye? Are you a collector yourself, or is it some, it's just intriguing technology that you see will be disrupting a lot of things? Yeah, so I've, I've been involved in a few mints here and there, um, and so I guess I'm a bit of a of an evangelist on. Um, the principle of an industry as opposed to just one specific thing. So I would say that, and I, and I, <laughs> I say this all the time, some of my colleagues and friends are, are, are kind of sick of me uh, getting blue in the face saying this, but I, I have one particular project that I really like, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I like where the industry is going. I like the use case and the utility of a lot of blockchain, Web3, decentralization, NFTs, and the tokenization aspect of, of what NFTs are. And so me specifically, I don't actually have one, you know, hmm. art collection or NFT specific collection that I love. But what I love is there's some great examples of 
um, tokenization and NFT usage in today's era that I think are going to become far more exponential um, as, as time goes on. And so there's a company out of the States called Akawe, mm-hmm. and they're an indigenous-led organization that uh, actually is using NFTs and tokenization to tokenize indigenous land rights. And so it's not a collection per se, and it's not, you know, an art collection or any kind of AI generated images or anything. But what it is, is a really great kind of view into the future as to the utility of NFTs and how we can kind of make the use of blockchain technology, Web3 and NFT technology to to create a better future for really like, you know, industries and that need to be disrupted. And then, you know, other cultural and political norms that also, you know, need, need a lot of help with respect to general boundaries. So that's one of my favorite things so far in the NFT space. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Real world use case, something that uh, I'm more gravitating towards now before I jumped in head first, just documenting the space. And it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do is try to document everything. And I got in on the uh, collector's end, which most people got started with. And now I love physically backed NFTs personally. Um, you know, and I'm looking forward to those integrations. One of the ones I'm having the most fun with, believe it or not, is the Starbucks uh, Odyssey journeys. So they have an mm-hmm. NFT system for their loyalty uh, program. And it's been a lot of fun. I've been buying coffee for my wife and it's, it's seamless. It's through the app. Uh, I get these NFTs and they're worth, believe it or not, like 10, 20 X on, on a secondary market, which I never would have thought anyone would covet Starbucks NFTs. But just seeing the real world use case of actual utility, meaning that, hey, I'm do- I'm buying coffee anyways. I'm not going off left's view here and buying artwork, something that I've never done. So uh, it's interesting to see that finally in 2023, like two or three years later after the boom, that you know big brands are finally starting to implement this as part of the strategy. Most big companies have a Web3 division. So we're, you're definitely ahead of the curve there. Um, so you, you're seeing a lot more data than, than, than we, do, we have, obviously. <clears throat> Uh, is there any big trends or meta that you see from everything um, that you've taken a peek behind the curtains of? Yeah, I'd say that um, we're lucky enough to be able to have kind of like, and we're not using it for bad, we're using it for good. So we're not taking all this data and saying where we can kind of like invest early in certain things. But what I would say is uh, as the industry progresses, you have, again, this kind of like first phase of like wild, wild west of how much money can I make in a short amount of time? I don't care who I screw. I don't care about the artists and the creators and the project and the essence behind what's actually happening. And um, a lot of that has kind of come through in what I would call kind of like a phase one of the marketplace era for, for NFTs. And I mean, look, I'm not discounting the projects, but what the unfortunate thing is, is we have to look at the root cause of all this stuff, which is kind of like making a quick buck. And then not going into the actual reason why NFTs are existing in the first place. And so NFTs started, I guess, in this kind of artistic realm. But what I would say is what we're seeing is because we have to start cutting through so much, you know, BS on Mm -hmm. inflated valuations and fraud and all this stuff because it's kind of an instant hot commodity. There's still going to be this kind of chasm and this this gap to cross in the the future around, um, you know, when you get to more real world utility on nfts and tokenization of digital assets in the real world there's so much more at stake and so i'd say that you know it's unfortunate but we're seeing a lot of wash trading which is me selling to you you selling back to me for a Mm -hmm. higher price and then back again and then finally when a third person buys they see you know the price is going up quite a lot higher they go oh it's a great investment and this happens on a daily basis right so 
Um, it's it's not it's 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 not the most friendly um, I'd say space to be in with so much things like so many things that are rampant in this particular case. But what I would say is that as we're able to provide more of these tools um, to to allow this transparency and this kind of truth north star of what an NFT is actually worth or how much has been frauded or wash traded and how floor price versus true price um, mm-hmm. are very like not very inextricably linked. Um, to each other, it's 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 kind of disappointing as um, kind of a, a first level, like a like a high level view. But then when you dig down deeper into it and, and realize the power that you can kind of give projects and marketplaces and platforms and you know other like protocols to be able to provide this this data, um, I think it's going to get a lot better in the future. Because there's a new marketplace that's popping up every two weeks. Don't get me wrong. Like OpenSea is great. Sure, X2Y2 is great. I mean, I already know, and I'm not going to mention it here because I don't want to bash anyone, but I know the stats of wash trading on every single marketplace. Hmm. And I know the stats of fraud in every single marketplace. And the short-term, again, the short-term thinking is like, okay, um, you know, we, we're going to make quick money off of like a percentage of the resale of every single NFT, and that's our quick money, sure. But when, it, when the stakes get higher, people are like investing in fractional property and real estate and real life. Right. Um, outside of crypto, and we're using NFTs as that 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 positioning. What are marketplaces really going to do when there's so much more at stake? Because when customers wise up, when the truth and transparency aspect is not apparent in a marketplace or a lending protocol or whatever it is, um, to the point where there's so much more at stake outside of let's call it digital art, um, then the long term game has been lost by that marketplace because you're not going to keep any customers. You're not going to keep your community. You're not going to keep, you know, anyone, um, you know, solid with you when like, you know, I wouldn't go on, on Craigslist and consistently buy cars that I know were stolen. Hmm. Like it's just, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not, so it's, it's a weird comparison to make, but it's, it's actually quite a true one where you have to figure out, you know, whether you want to make short-term money or you want to actually create long-term value. So, you know, no, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, that's a great point. Cause I'm in actually in a market for a car myself and, um, <laughs> a lot of cars on Craigslist. to your point, some people buy them from Florida where they got flooded and mm-hmm. they're trying to mm-hmm. sell a lemon on there. And hopefully blockchain solves some of these issues where there's sort of a tracking back to the origin of where the car came from and the maintenance done on it. So yeah, I'm surprised to hear, you know, all these platforms haven't done what you're, you guys are doing yet, which is have an indicator of sorts like, Hey, this, there's, this, there's a lot of wash trading for this particular collection. Yeah. Maybe not fall into this hurdle. Uh, what else don't we know? Like, I, I know that forgery you mentioned, uh, in one of your blogs was a big thing. What else can you guys help with it, uh, us with, uh, as investors, collectors, or just regular people trying to, you know, dip our toes into web three? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I would say that, you know, anyone that wants to get into NFTs, for the intrinsic principle of loving digital art or, you know, like tokenized projects or ways to own a fractional piece of an investment they can't afford in whole or, you know, so they can afford it in part. I think they kind of got dealt a bad hand because of all these different players that are, that are kind of bad in the industry. They want to make that kind of short term, quick, quick cash. And so what I would say is there's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of wash trading and there's a lot of, um, just screwy behavior that it kind of like, you know, I would say that profit margin 
and, and, and just general interest in, in what motivates a project or a platform or a marketplace or whatever it is, is not necessarily aligned with either early stage or even like, you know, more seasoned investors like yourself in the NFT space that want to understand, you know, how to, how to properly support the market and the industry. And so, you know, it's one of the reasons I think why we came up with a lot of these tools. So we have three separate tools that we, that we work with. Mm -hmm. Um, We examine over 60 data points. We work across four different chains. We cover about 95% of all NFTs Um, over, I think 30, million NFTs, 25,000 plus collections. And so we're able to at least give the insights. I'd say the intrinsic kind of internal battle we have with the industry, which is kind of one of our, I would say Bitscratch's Achilles heel, um, is the fact that the market wants what we have, but a lot of the marketplaces and platforms don't because of the short-term thinking. And so guys that want to go into invest in NFTs and guys that want to go into supporting a certain project on a creative level and they can, you know, buy something financially, not just necessarily to flip it, um, they're kind of getting screwed over because I would say that, you know, this this kind of short-term thinking has, has kind of created it hard, first of all, for us to sell um, candidly, like a lot of our APIs and dashboards to marketplaces who are going... Why would I want to even know the truth about how much crap is happening in my marketplace? And then, you know, the other guys, on, on the, the actual customers are going, oh, dear God, please just like give me some sort of sign as to whether or not I'm buying something that's complete crap or it's been inflated 7x. Right. And, you know, by the time that comes back down to real market value, I've already lost my shirt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're trying to overcome that. And so we initially we had this kind of business to business uh, plan, and it was actually I'd say my ignorance um, from a go to market perspective, where I was like, we're going to go and sell all these analytics to all these different you know companies, um, and so we were just looking in the wrong places because if we shift the needle, um, you know whatever ten degrees to the left or the right, we actually find a lot of companies that do need us, mm-hmm. and for the betterment of their business as well as their customers. And so lending protocols have consistently been over collateralizing their assets um, that, that are being staked, you know, for loans because they don't know the real price of NFT. So mm, if right. something's like five ETH, um, they're lending out five ETH to someone to, so to hold their NFT as a collateral as a lending protocol when the actual NFT itself is worth 1.2 ETH. So they're like three and a half Xing on, on the lend. Right. Um, and at a certain point, it's like if that person goes just loses all that money for whatever reason, they don't give a crap because they'll just they'll just go and just like yeah, keep the NFT, right? right. Well, so there's like this this, this <laughs> constant write off of like and then so and then we have this other company that we actually just got off of that just really sparked um, you know my imagination this past couple of weeks and and they're a, a leading I can't tell you the name but they're a leading crypto insurance firm that are working on major policies and bridging a, a traditional crypto, uh, sorry, traditional insurance and crypto insurance if a wallet wow. has been hacked or assets have been stolen. And they don't know right away how to actually create a policy with proper backing on that or understand what the metrics are of, you know, potential uh, theft and risk of, of, of what, you know, what they're going to be backing it from an insurance policy perspective for the actual value of what an NFT or digital assets are worth in the wallet. And so they're also looking towards, you know, to, to us to, to start integrating these APIs and not just for their own personal 
kind of internal perspective to make these internal kind of policy decisions in the company, but also to, to actually integrate the API and provide it real time for their customers to say, okay, if you want an insurance policy, here's how much you can get because BitScrunch has powered this engine for us to go out and say, your NFT is worth this based on our off-chain data and our on-chain data. And so off-chain meaning social media hype, Google searches, the amount of Twitter posts about it, the amount of reactions to Twitter posts about it, et cetera, et cetera. And then the actual on-chain kind of like historical volume, whether or not it's been lost, traded, et cetera, and come up with the final price. And so, you know, there are certain, now on the B2B side, it is ramping up um, quite a lot on, on, on our demand for our products, but it's unfortunately not in the original way we had thought where marketplaces are going to love this analytics tool um, to yeah. properly, you know, help their customers because they're making short-term cash now off of the inflated valuations. Wow. Maybe a good pivot because if you could get some equitable interest in everyone's insurance policy, that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, you, uh, yeah. you said so much there that I, I'm sure flew by a lot of average listeners, had, including my own. I was, I had to stop and like probably take some notes there, but I, for one would absolutely love insurance policy for my NFT collection because prior to collecting NFTs, I never had a giant collection that was worth, you know, upwards of, you know, a lot of money. So having that is, it's, is, you know, great for as, you know, if I go to bed, of course, with all these scams going on, like Kevin Rose getting 40 NFTs hacked for $2 million, oh, I'm sure man, insurance man, policy, he'll be, he'll be so excited to have that amongst many other people. Uh, and it's so dynamic. And that leads me to my next question. And we'll just take one bite at a time here. But how do we um, assess the value? How, how do you guys assess the valuations? Because it's seemingly tied to the crypto and financial markets. Although we, it shouldn't be, you know, it's its own art, its own collectible, which leads us to think, of course, all the speculators in right now, there's absolutely no real true collectors. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. How, how do we un, un, you know, untether ourselves from crypto? That's just never going to happen. Um, what I would say is, um, yeah, I think, I think like, you know, from a, from a certain perspective, there's, there's a, a way in which like, how do I say this? Like we provide certain tools that are, that are on chain and off chain. And I think that there's no, there's no safe space. But the thing is that when everyone's coming in on the hype, when everyone's coming in on, you know, and whatever it is, uh, Logan Paul on his NFT collection or whatever right. it is. Like, you know, you know, God forbid, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Tate does a fucking oh, NFT no. collection. Excuse <laughs> my language or whatever. I just, you know, and, and, and all these guys just buy into it. It's like there's a hype there and there's no real research has been done. And so I, when I was working in the VC side of things after I was a CEO of a tech company, um, you know, there, there was, we were actually going to launch one of Canada's first tokenized VC funds. And we ended up not being able to do it, just obviously kind of like because of sheer, you know, regulation from the OSC and the SEC. And crypto is in this weird kind of gray zone where it's like you can go out and, and just invest in, in an NFT because, you know, whatever, Steph Curry or whatever, whatever, it's FDA, whatever, has this kind of shilled some stuff out. And so there's, there's this balance between decentralization and and um just general regulation and i don't think that they go hand in hand i don't think if you're for one you're for the other you're so you're not for the other but what i would mm -hmm. say is um 
you got to do your research because there's a reason why a lot of these regulations in the SEC and the OSC in North America exist. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a centralized, controlled, you know, set of investments. But I think like, you know, what we're trying to do now is, is create uh, like a third party, you know, one step removed where we have no real vested interest in, in, in what things are worth or how much money we can make off of it or, or whether or not, you know, um, you know, we're going to profit. It's just, we want to provide that data because if there's this big gap between SEC regulations, OSC regulations, anti-money laundering policies, et cetera, and this entire decentralized network that's so anti the former, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want, we want to create a platform and an environment where people can at least use this to make their own decisions because there's a reason why both of those things exist, decentralization and, and regulation. And this, and, and, you know, but at the same time, there has to be a middle, there has to be a middle ground. And so yeah. I think that for, you know, for a lot of like earlier stage investors in NFTs and, you know, digital assets and DeFi and whatever it is, you know, other companies that are going to be popping up like ours, I, I want us to be able to provide that because it's almost like we're self-regulating in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I completely get it. I think for listeners out there, if we can close that gap as, as much as possible. And I, I think of this in terms of crypto where, you know, you're trying to swap coins, the slippage, you know, what's the percentage? Is it a chasm of 50% or is it like 5%, right? If we can close mm-hmm. that down as close as possible. Mm-hmm. We'll kind of bite the bullet, you know, split the difference there and just, you know, move on. Um, so my next question is, what's that name of the NFT loan company? I would love to loan them NFTs for <laughs> worth one ETH and then lend me five Ethereum because that's mind boggling. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, just Google one and you'll probably like be able to like, uh, <laughs> unless they're our customers. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I wouldn't say that's shocking, but I, I would have thought that, you know, with some data and analytics out there that, you know, that big a discrepancy wouldn't be there. Uh, and yeah. if this question you know, falls, you know, outside of your scope, please let me know. What, what's your thoughts on NFT AMMs, automatic market makers? Because I'm hearing rumblings about them, right? Like PseudoSwap, Elixir, a little bit different from data. It's kind of more um, a, a dri- more driven metric by the community and what's active r- right now in the market. What's your thought? Any thoughts about that? So I'm not going to touch too much because I only know enough to get myself in trouble. Okay. Um, Same here. But I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, but what I would say is... Um, Market makers in general are in the business of making money for themselves Hmm. and they represent it's the biggest necessary evil on any kind of launch, on any kind of token, on any kind of like, uh, like market opening or listing, whether it's direct or not, or indirect on any kind of like DeFi platform, uh, or marketplace or whatever it is. And I just think that like market making is never, ever hundred percent in the interest of the collection owner. The people that are minting, people that are doing this for a certain reason, and you know they're, they're there to provide volume. And so I think that from an NFT perspective, it's it's another like level of complication in just the transparency on what an NFT is worth, what mm-hmm. the real true demand is. Because here's an example: if I go and launch like with a market maker, like uh, and we we direct list on I don't know. Uh, whatever, KuCoin. Um, there's market makers that, that this is their job to pump the volume, 
there's job it's their job to make sure there's volume for buying and selling and there's like pot of money to be able to make sure there's liquidity and it's one of those things where when you have a token it's the same thing with the stock market too there's market makers for everything and so i don't know if it fully goes against or with what we're trying to do but what i would say is it adds another level of complication as to what the true transparency is on what a collection is worth how many people are actually involved in supporting it how much money you can make if you're really trying to flip it for let's call it the good not just a profit as a dj and so you know i'm not this big nft evangelist where it's like oh nfts are god and you know you can't, should never make money because you have to support the project 100 but what i would say is like if you're getting in especially as a newer person like this these extra like mechanisms are just adding more complication to like to to be able to provide support for a project which is the real reason why everyone's in crypto and web3 really usually to begin with apart from the whole profit side so i'm not going to say they're either transparent or not transparent i'm not going to say they're you know bad or good i think it's important to kind of create some volume and some hype around something so we can spread the word but it never really stops there so that's i mean that's as much as i want to say on it market makers are <laughs> you know they're again it's they they under the guise of promoting a project and making sure there's like a, a lot of you know automation and 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 hype around like you know the 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 highs and lows of the sale and, and resales of, of certain nfts and projects and collections mm-hmm. um it, it might be they want to support but at the end of the day market makers are there for they, they they transact to make money and so intrinsically speaking i don't know if that's the most positive thing um for guys that just love art or love a project or love you know sending i'm talking to these guys right now that have this really cool project for example and they have all their nfts on this crazy disc it's made out of nickel it's like and they're actually sending it in in uh, um collaboration with spacex uh to the oh, wow. actually yeah yeah and so it's like that's a cool thing it's like what like why do we need an automated market maker for that? Just love the project, just buy into it. And if you don't, if you don't want to buy into it for risk of losing money, then don't invest in it. If if that's your mo, you know. Yeah, you definitely uncovered a little bit for me. I didn't know the answer to that question. That's why I was trying to ask an expert. And mm-hmm. and to your point, there's people pushing volume. One, these are things that I don't know that I don't know. Like things like forgery, wash trading. That's another one. Automatic market makers yeah. got volume makers behind that and. Uh, people like myself coming in is it's a new it's a new type of investment asset that you know some maybe see as an asset maybe not but I see as an asset where mm-hmm. you know we didn't have that traditionally before I mean right now it's just in the form of NFT but I've been talking mm-hmm. and interviewing companies that are turning your physical collections and turning those into NFTs where you mm-hmm. can have you know physical packed NFTs. And potentially, I, I hate to use the word here, leverage, because of the whole thing that happened of FTX. But these are just things that uh, individuals like myself are coming on board, not necessarily, you know, oh, we want to leverage, but th- that's, that's kind of the lingo in the industry. I came in personally through the love of, of basketball, NBA Top Shot, and it just opened up a can of worms. And, and I love it because of the community. I've connected with high school friends that I haven't talked to in 20 years because of NBA Top Shot. Uh, but through that door... You know, through through under learning about NFTs, I'm now I, I'm say, I'm not saying I'm forced to learn about this, but I do want to see it 
help myself, you know, better in a, in a uh, intrinsic value, like you said, not only, you know, yeah. as a collector, but maybe potentially as, as an investor. So that's kind of the, the hurdles that I'm seeing and I'm facing. So these things uh, need a lot of education from companies like yourself. So yeah, uh, say, I, yeah. I, agree. I, agree. I agree. I agree with that because what, and so what I would say in that particular aspect is like, so, and again, um, some shameless self-promotion here, because I'll move away from the B2B side. I think that is, if we're going to talk now, like, like subject wise on this, on this particular podcast about, you know, whether it's earlier stage investors that want to come in and invest and understand the landscape, if it's guys that are holding and, and just kind of more like senior people, um, we've actually come out with a, a B2C product that's still in beta. Uh, it's called UnleashNFTs.com and it's powered by BitScrunch. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, so we do on the B2B side, um, loss trading analysis. So you can understand any single NFT and any collection and how much it's been wash traded on a particular uh, collection level or NFT level. You can see every single wallet that is visited since minting, the price it was there when it got in there, the price when it left, how many times it's been sold back and forth for between one or two or three or five wallets to actually take a look at wash trading patterns. Uh, secondly, we have a whole blend of AI and machine learning that takes all this historical data of sales and past transaction history of NFTs and their collections and it can actually give you an accurate price, the most accurate so far on a forensic level with over 60 data points as to what an NFT is actually worth. And then also forgery detection. So there's a pixel, a pixel been changed or if there's like, you know, one uh, particular piece of background image that's that's been, you know, changed to a different hue of color or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we automatically have our AI and ML models trained to detect that. So what we've done is taking this B2B side of all this really, really deep, deep forensic data and we've transferred it to kind of like, let's call it a light version. And so we're powering our new site for the B2Cs, the earlier stage investors that want to come in and take a look at like certain things. If they want to connect their wallet, they can connect their wallet and take a look at um, all the NFTs in their wallet and what the actual price is, whether or not the NFTs have been wash traded, understand if they want to do a search on a collection or an NFT before they're purchasing it and understand if they want to purchase it even, you know, and, and kind of create their own level of risk assessment with the data we're providing. And so for, we went from the B2B side where this is very instrumental for a lot of projects and again, marketplaces, lending protocols, et cetera. And we said, okay, let's do this for the B2C side. Let's do it for the small guys that really, really want this because they're the ones that are either making their money um, for the right reasons or losing their money for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so again, um, anyone is listening, you can go visit unleashnfts.com. Uh, and there's a report section at the top right. You can go take a look at the wash trading volume, the general trading volume of the entire market. Uh, you can look at it on a collection level, on an NFT level. Uh, you might have to uh, request from us directly to take a look at the individual wallet level uh, on mm-hmm. NFTs. Um, and that's, that's going to be available in the next like couple of months. Um, but essentially, we want to provide this as a, as a full transparent, almost like a coin market cap style website where you can come in. And say, okay, what's the state of the market in NFTs? How much has been wash traded for the past seven days, ten days, month, year, year to date, etc.? And you can actually like toggle all those things and uh, do custom searches as well. And then connect your wallet. You can sign up with Google to uh, to get you know our updates and newsletters and some of our alerts and things that we're taking a look at. And I think it's one of, one of the best and most comprehensive kind of tools on the market today. For like you said, like you mentioned prior, this is like around. Um, 
guys that either want to get into it, they want to understand the state of the market before they're just going to jump in both feet and spend money on a $10,000 NFT is only worth 28 bucks. Um, so they can, they can understand really what's going on prior to, and then after, um, after they do buy and acquire, they can connect their wallet and take a look at the, uh, the general status of the wallet and where things are at on the market. No, that, that'd be super helpful. And I really hope Kevin, that you guys take the lead here in this one, because there is absolutely no platform or yeah. dashboard out there that helps, you know, someone like myself analyze my portfolio. And as someone that is a big advocate of, you know, just personal finance in general, like I'm constantly looking at personal capital, um, looking at my dashboard and making decisions on my portfolio. I, I suspect a lot of people in 2022 saw their whole portfolio crash. It's like, hey, I got, should I do something? Should I not do something? Bought a whole bunch of treasury bills. Just, yeah, I bought a whole bunch of treasury bills just, just this last week. And I can't do that for my NFT portfolio because I don't have a centralized platform. I don't exactly. know the, the extrinsic value, you know, of my portfolio, not with a certainty, unless I plug and play my Excel spreadsheet that I've created for myself. So really someone's got to solve this problem, man. I'm glad that, you know, you're, you guys have really, you know, have a lot of data with AI and, and ML that's, you know, at the forefront of everything right now, that's, that'd be super helpful. Yeah, no, a million percent. And our goal, again, our goal is to create that transparency. Like we're trying to make a better future for NFTs because again, a lot of people are just thinking like, okay, whatever, it's a monkey picture. It's not. Because clearly right. it's not because you're having people that are now like tokenizing indigenous land rights where they've been in battles with the government for hundreds of years over what they own and what they don't. And these, these are the real, this is the reason I'm involved in this project to begin with, because like, that's really important to me. Um, and it's, it's important that we can provide, you know, transparency in ways to, to combat kind of existing problems with regards to ownership, creation, rights, et cetera. Um, and, and even, you know, even fractional ownership for those that are trying to get into not even just the NFT kind of art game, but like, you know, there's, there's people that, that are now trying to save up for houses to invest mm -hmm. in real estate. How, you know, when the average price of a house is $700,000 in San Francisco, or if not more, um, you know, the average oh, yeah. price, my, my partner, she works in real estate in Toronto and, you know, an hour outside of Toronto, a one bed, a two bedroom, one bathroom is going for 850,000 Canadian. And so it's like, how do we get to that point where you can create better generational wealth through and through in the future? And I think that, you know, fractional ownership might be a way to do that within your means. And so again, it's not just, you know, where we are now, it's where we're going to be. And if we can provide a lot of this transparency um, and, you know, and, and the different infrastructure to create ways in which people can understand what they're investing in, what it means more than simply digital art, that's where we want to go. Because BitScrunch's ultimate vision is to be the Intel inside that powers every platform that requires, you know, any kind of, uh, any kind of NFT or digital asset data, like, you know, globally. Uh, absolutely. I, I believe that decentralizing or, or, you know, taking something that is out of reach for the average person, like real estate for say, and opening that opportunity up is something that I'd love to take a, a opportunity on and a lot of listeners mm -hmm. would also. So definitely on the same uh, mission and vision uh, as you as where this technology is progressing and the opportunities you can provide. And, you know, just um, uh, it'll be interesting to see where we are a year from now because it moves lightning speeds, right? 
So with, with oh, that yeah. said, Kevin, yeah, like we'll, I'm going to put all your links down below. Unleashed Big Crunch. Would love to have you back. Um, maybe a little bit down the yeah, line awesome. to see how everything's changed because I'm. It's like dog years here, right? Like next week, something's completely like flipped over. <laughs> it's yeah, I fully agree. It's like you know, like you, you close your eyes for one weekend, just like bananas. Like everything's like happening so fast, and I think that you know, again, like it's it gets scary. And I'll be honest, like when I first came into Web three, I'm just like I had some cash to put in, boom, instantly lost 10 grand in like a month. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe I should, uh, you know, this, this, is, <laughs> this is not like, you know, just stock investing that's, you know, two or 3%, 5%, whatever it is. Like you can have your ass handed to you in, in a very short amount of time. And unfortunately it's the guys that know the rules that can bend those rules. And if you're not on the rule bending side of the, the economy and in, in, in some some aspects of, of digital assets and, and Web3, yeah, you're not you're not good. So it's like, again, we, we wanted to create that B2C platform to make sure that everyone can have a level playing field on what the stats are and create, you know, a, you know, visualizations. And it's actually really nice. It's a really, really nice, like just the people that did the UX did an amazing job. Um, on helping you understand visually what's happening in the industry. Um, and then eventually, um, I'd say probably in end of Q2, we're going we're gonna to end up launching our kind of our paid subscription on the B2C product on UnleashedNFTs.com. And that'll give you really, really in-depth, like really deep data um, on the forensic level that mixes it with AI and certain things to tell you, okay, like, you know, this has been transacted back and forth between two wallets 76 times in the past eight weeks or whatever it is um, so that the guys that are becoming more advanced in in nft investments and analysis on their own portfolio again we're not trying to regulate anything we're not right. trying to you know we're, we're trying to keep this decentralized as a matter of fact we're even um working on decentralizing our data and our responses on the different data sets and data points within the industry by not even actually owning the data ourselves and having different groups that are decentralizing this data themselves and providing the data in real time to us um, because it's that important that we don't even touch it ourselves. And so that's like the next step. But, you know, from a project level, I think that we're, we're off to a really good start. And I think that uh, eventually people, if they really want to, they can pay whatever it's going to be in the next like six months, you know, 20 bucks a month or whatever to have a membership with us and they can just get all these crazy insights um, from from a certain level where even if it is wash traded, even if it has been frauded once or twice, if that's your level of risk, fine. But you know what? At least, you know. Yeah. So, no. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know many, plenty of people just like yourself came in here. Uh, that's what we want to avoid is coming in here and losing a ton. So <laughs> follow Real Talk NFT and Big Crunch at Unleash NFTs to really avoid that pitfall. Uh, well, Kevin, I want to thank you. I want you to thank you so much for hopping on today, and we'll have all your links for all the people listening. And I appreciate you so much. Yeah. I'd love to have you back on. Yeah, man, that's great. I'd love to. Uh, to actually, what we'll do is we'll probably take some of those links too, if you don't mind. We'll put them out on our socials as well. And just I'm happy to be here um, again. Love talking NFTs. Love spreading the word on how to make you know a better future for NFTs. So glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome, Kevin. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.